0: To talk tonight um, briefly I want I think I want to do like a small series on prayer so tonight we're going to talk about cultivating a private prayer life um, for some of you guys this is maybe gonna seem an elementary and so I just want to invite you tonight if that is you if you have like a very regular prayer life with God um, that you would just ask the Holy Spirit tonight to give you maybe a new idea a new revelation, or even just stir up your, your desire to spend time with Him in the quiet places. And if that's something that's brand new for you, then I, hopefully this will be some good starting points to a private life with God. So, let's ask the question then tonight, why do we pray? The goal of prayer is not to fulfill a religious duty, check a spiritual box, to earn God's approval, but instead to talk to God to experience the joy of doing life with him, to share our heart with him, to listen to him, and to receive wisdom, insight, and direction from him, just to name a few reasons why we pray. Mostly, though, we pray to continue in relationship with him. In the good, the bad, the joy, and the pain, we have the God of the universe who is both unmatched in power and amazingly available for each and every one of us. I got to share a bit of this message. Actually, this message was kind of inspired by a youth event that the Acapellas put on, um, and I have adapted it a bit since then, but I think it's a really good foundational message for us. As society, we have become so distracted in our everyday life. It's hard to even have a conversation without multitasking the things that we have to do later, the things that we forgot to do what I'm going to eat when this person finally stops talking to me. It's like a regular thing that our minds are constantly spinning. And I forget the statistic, if someone knows it, tell me, because I'm going to completely butcher this, but it's not on notes, that's why it's butchered. Um, But it's something like we consume in a day what someone would have consumed in, like, a lifetime now compared to many, many years ago, pre-the information age. It's, like, insane the amount of information that is constantly being put in our minds so how, then, do we create sacred space to spend time with God when we live every day so distracted? Jesus didn't have text to answer, phone calls to return, emails to return, but he did have basically everyone who had ever heard of him around him wanting him and his attention at all times of every day. In the craziness of life, it takes intentionality to find a quiet place and still your heart before the Lord. And it's only when you begin to pull back from the demands of life and begin waiting on the Lord that deeper intimacy begins to develop. Francis Chan makes the point that in a Western Christian society, information has become power, what we think to as power. Believers have countless resources to enhance their understanding of God. However, there is nothing more productive in the heart of a follower of Jesus than to sit with eager expectation of hearing him in silence. Jesus' followers had a lot of questions about the nature of prayer, and Jesus answers those questions in a profound way by giving the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, what Chris just read for us. That's going to be our text tonight if you have your Bibles and you want to jump into Matthew chapter 6. The purpose of the Lord's Prayer is not to um, give a magical formula for the perfect prayer, per se, that we would say every single day, but to highlight the importance of communication with God. So we're going to examine this tonight. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they suppose they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for the Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So, firstly, let's look at how not to pray in this scripture. Jesus told us not to try to impress others with our prayer. The religious people of that day would pray tons and tons of eloquent words, and they would want to be heard by people. And I don't know about you guys um, if you have ever done this, but I have been in quote unquote ministry for many years of my life. I was involved in youth group and traveled and worship and all the things, and there's been quite a few times I've been asked to pray in very large settings. And truthfully, there have been many times I totally dressed up my prayers. Oh, God, heaven, not that bad. But you know what I mean? Like, I would say three words. I would make sure that they sounded good. I would pray longer than I would normally pray because I felt like I probably should. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying not to do. Because in my private life, I talk to God very candidly. Like, he is my best friend. He is my father. Jesus urged us to pray in order to honor Prayer is meant to be a conversation with God. Let's talk about the place of prayer. So what we find in Scripture is location was actually important to Jesus. But can't we pray anywhere? Yes, of course, we can pray anywhere. I pray everywhere, all the time, to the Lord, wherever I am. But there is something special and significant about spending alone time with God. In verse 6, it said, When you pray, go into your room." and close the door, and pray to your Father. So does that mean that we close the door? Yes. Physically and mentally. It can both, I, truthfully, I do this a lot physically, so a lot of times I will take time in the day and pray in my office, and anyone who knows that I work out front knows that I work in a fishbowl, and you can drive by at any time and see the art installation of a man working in the window. And I'm gotten kind of really used to it, like, there is something very significant when I close the blinds and I shut my office door and all of a sudden it's like the room changes. Have any of you guys ever experienced that when you actually like go in a closet or go in your room and close the door? Raise your hands, you yeah, Give me something. Yes, cool. It's almost like the atmosphere shifts a little bit, right? It's like, wow, I'm alone with God now. This is purposeful time. So there is something to actually closing the door and physically spending alone time with God. I think it's important, but I think it's also a mental thing being able to push out distractions and push those away to fully focus on him. Interestingly, when we look at where we saw Jesus spend time in prayer, he was often outside in the wilderness, which is pretty cool. The point of location is solitude, which means you want to find a place to disconnect from the distractions of life. We need to make time to close the door on distractions and Picking up in verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6, pray then in this way. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Which was added in later translation. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. So let's break this prayer down into six aspects of this prayer. Firstly, we declare God's glory. We don't start with us, we start with him. The Lord's Prayer starts with the words, Our Father. When we recognize who He is, we get a better understanding of who we are. To hallow God's name means to make it great, to worship, to lift it high. We take time to praise God for who He is and pause long enough to stay on the subject of hallowing His name until it connects in your soul and we find that He is simply greater than anything else in the world. Number two, we declare our submission and agree with his will. Your kingdom come. A kingdom is a realm in which the will and power of a king are expressed. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To pray his kingdom come is praying that God's plans would come before our own. Your dreams, desires, and demands are submitted to the will of the king. And we prayerfully pursue seeing earth look like heaven. I heard this recently and I loved it and I shared it a week or two ago, but submission can be broken down into submitting to the mission. So submitting my desires, my will, my thoughts and ideas to the ultimate mission that I'm serving. I love that. I'm going to use that for now. Number three, we declare our dependence on him. The earth is sustained by the spoken word of God. Therefore, just as creation is dependent upon his provision, so must we Never take for granted that there is a God whom we are privileged to call Father. Number four, we declare our need for God's provision. Give us this day our daily bread. The heart behind this phrase is the understanding that God seeks to meet our daily needs. Take time to thank God for his provision concerning all that you see around you that God has provided in his goodness. Number five, we declare our need for God's forgiveness. Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. We were once enemies of God, but because of Jesus and his willingness to die for our sins, we have been declared forgiven. Walking in the forgiveness we've been granted is knowing that our sins have been paid for once and for all. This same principle applies to our earthly relationships. When someone wrongs you and you make a choice to forgive them, you are making a choice to allow what has been done to no longer rule over you. That's actually a really big one that took me a long time to learn. When you are in right relationship with God vertically, it causes your relationships with humanity to work much better. It took me a long time to figure out that when I held unforgiveness, the people that I was bitter towards probably weren't even thinking about me, truthfully. And I was wrapped up and I was stuck in my bitterness and in my anger and in my frustration, and they could care less. But when I learned to actually forgive and release it, I found tons and tons of freedom. Number six, we declare our need for God's protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Scripture tells us we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. There is a spiritual battle happening for your life. I feel like we need to remember this sometimes. God wants to lead you in his love, and the enemy wants to destroy you. As we follow Jesus, we reject evil. So, I shared this at the youth conference, and I think um, maybe maybe I'll share it with us tonight. So, when I was younger, and I remember people would talk a lot about, oh, you spend time in the secret place. Did you guys ever hear that phrase? Was that like a common thing in your life? Okay, go spend time in the quiet place. Spend time in the secret place. Well, what the heck did that even mean? Like, what do you, like... Go in your closet. Why? How weird. Actually, at one point, I did get get my closet, funny enough. But it was like, what, is that, what does it look like? What does it look like to actually spend time alone with God? And truthfully, it's taken me 18 years, whatever whatever it is since I was 14. Whatever that math is, Chris is usually a way better math than me. I think it's 18. The last 18 years that I've really been consistently and purposefully pursuing the heart of Jesus, I have... It's taken me those years to find my own rhythms with God, and one thing that I want to say to us tonight too, it's so interesting to me when I ask people, "Hey, how's your walk with God going?" And don't feel guilty if this is you, because this is like everybody I think I've ever asked this question. The response is, "Oh man, I got to spend a lot of time reading the Bible. I'm doing great," or, "I don't have that time to read the Bible, so it's not good." Imagine if it was like, I didn't have a great long conversation with Jess, so our marriage is terrible all of a sudden. How weird would that be? We didn't have deep talks this week. Now our marriage is terrible. It's just a weird thing to like place all of the weight of your relationship with God, knowing that my wife loves me. I love my wife. We have three kids. There's seasons of our life that we just don't get to have tons of deep conversations every day and stare in each other's eyes like we did in the Although it is our anniversary, we will do that this weekend. <laughs> but I mean, really, it ebbs and flows, and that doesn't mean that there shouldn't there should be a consistency, and that's what we're talking about tonight: is building in a rhythm of consistency to wake up and pursue the Lord, or before you go to bed, having a quiet time. I do find though that I think it's much better in the morning when you start your day before the distractions of the world kick in. But I just want to release you of that. You can't perform well enough to make your relationship perfect with Jesus. He did that for you. Okay, now you can grow in relationship with Jesus. And having a rhythm and a prayer life is definitely helpful. So super practically, if I can just share what my life, my quiet time with the Lord looks like. uh, Yours doesn't have to look like this, but to me it would have been helpful to have kind of an idea of what some people do. So I wake up in the morning uh, between five and six, somewhere in there, and I usually spend the first hour of the day in some fashion with the Lord. So I wake up, I make a cup of coffee, and I usually just kind of start to like open my heart to the Lord. Um, and I hammer a cup of coffee. It's a real meditative process, which I love. How many of you who know me know I love coffee? And then I sit on the couch and I love to pray and read the word. So are you laughing me because I'm sitting on the speaker? I do like coffee. that was a close to a message a few weeks ago for anyone who is here. Uh, anyways, so I, I usually sit on the couch. And I, I do one of two things. Either I start to pray and talk to the Lord if I'm not ready to read yet, or I'll open and start to read Scripture for a little while. And then at some point, my eyes are crossing because the coffee is kicked in, and I will just stop and kind of still my heart before the Lord. And then I go three, four days a week, I go for a run. And so it's interesting to me, even having this message pulled together, that Jesus spent a lot of time in the wilderness. In fact, uh, there's a guy named Pete Gray who wrote a book called How to Pray. If you've not read that, it's a great book. Um, but he actually talks about physical activity being, like, a way to connect with God, which is really cool. I shared about this recently, too. But I talked to a lot of my buddies who run, and I'm like, you know, it's you know crazy. I love to pray while I run. Like, that's, like, taboo. I'm like, that's awesome. Me, too. It's my favorite. So, for me, running is actually being outside, being outdoors, moving my body. I love that. So... I transition my time of prayer into going and running, pondering, praying to the Lord. I often put in an audio book of something that's like biblical based or about the Lord that just kind of stirs my heart, Um, and then I I go back home, I get ready for the day. There is a creek that I love to stop at and just be quiet for a few moments, and then I get ready for the day and I drive to work, and as I'm driving, I'm usually praying on the way into the work. Just, just, God, what do you want for today? What do you want today to look like? Is there anyone you want me to meet? Is there anything that you want to happen special today? Would you help me be attentive to your heart today? One day, Chris and I did that, and we had like 10 crazy things, five, probably five crazy things happen, just one after another, just by saying, God, would you lead our day? And then throughout the day, I just kind of am always talking to the Lord. He's my best friend. Holy Spirit lives in me. He's my best friend, and I can talk to him all the time. Um, and one more thing I want to share on this: a perspective about. Bible. So I used to look at this like it was something that I had to do. I looked at it as the thing that made my relationship good or bad. Did I read this or not? And I heard someone say uh, maybe a few years ago that you know we quote that the word is God, the word is with God, right? We we say this verse, and they were like, what if you actually approach the word like it's a chance to encounter God? And so now I really do. Like I, I position my heart when I open the scriptures that this is a chance to encounter the love of God, to learn about Him, to grow in Him. So maybe that'll be something for you tomorrow morning. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. This is the will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. I remember when I was younger hearing that and being like, What? How? How do you pray all the time? No one does that.
1: I can't even, how am I going to have a conversation?
0: Like that's ridiculous. I have learned in my life that praying without ceasing is just a constant dialogue with the Lord. It's constantly letting your heart be open to him and being open to having a conversation and listening when he wants to speak in that still, small voice. God is your father, your savior, and your friend. And you can talk to him like he's the best dad. Like he is able to save you from anything when you call on him. Like he's your best friend that you can tell anything to at any time of the day. Now, this one's hard. We had a small group conversation not long ago. And I realized that I filter a lot of the way that I see God through how I saw my dad, my actual father. And I have said this so many times to people. We filter God through our relationships and, and I, I literally had taught it like the week or two before and then Stan was sharing something and as he's sharing it hits me like an arrow in my heart there was an area of my natural father that he was weaker in and it was the area that I struggled with the most to trust God for and I had never realized that like I knew my, my natural father was like the most loving man I had ever known. I knew what it was to be loved by a father passed away when I was young, but I also took on that area that he was weak as something I had a hard time trusting God with. So, maybe for you, you didn't have a great dad, or maybe you have never had a great best friend. Maybe it's hard to trust that God could actually save you because you prayed for something and it hasn't come to pass. I mean, this is real life, right? Like, I can just say, oh, it's all perfect. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Phoebe, Janelle, if you guys want to play, we'll jump back into worship. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you give your life to him, he lives inside of you. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When we are born again, we receive the Holy Spirit, who is characterized as the Helper. Okay, so before you guys play, you guys can get ready, but before you play, I want to do something. Will you close your eyes with me tonight? I did this with the youth, and it might feel awkward in a room with a bunch of people, but if I can give you a way that I love to pray when life is crazy or when I first wake up in the morning and I just need to quiet my heart. So I want to invite you to do this with me. You don't have to say any of this out loud, you can say it in your own head, but I take a deep breath. Our vehicle is going Lord you bring healing and wholeness In Jesus name Holy Spirit I love you Jesus I love you And I thank you for my family I thank you for my home I thank you for what seems to be A countless number of animals Growing on our farm. Thank you for my friends, thank you for my community, thank you for the relationships that you've placed in my life. I thank you that I have the chance to serve you today and every day. wonderful life that I already have with him. And it stills my heart and my mind. So that might look different for you. But i love to say this phrase, leaning back into the Holy Spirit. Knowing that the Holy Spirit, you can open your eyes if you want. Knowing that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I literally sometimes picture just falling back. Helps my brain make sense of actually resting in Him, and you can find it at any moment of any day, not just when there's worship music playing or when we're in church. So I can share one more thing. Uh, I had pictures at the at the youth event, but there's a massive tree. I think it's an oak tree, and it literally would take like. Honestly, probably like the biggest tree I've seen ever in Tennessee. And it's on my route that I love to run the most. And there was a windstorm that came through. And it wasn't honestly the worst. Like one of them threw our trampoline like 200 feet. It wasn't even that one. It was just like a regular Tennessee windstorm. And I was out running one morning after it. And this massive tree had broken in half and fallen across the road. And like, goodness gracious Like, how the heck did that tree break? I mean, it's huge That tree's gotta be, Lord knows, 30 years old 40, I mean At least as old as me Massive tree, how on earth did it break? And, you know I just kind of got over everything And ran past it down to the creek Spent time with the Lord And then I'm coming back up And when I get to the other side of the tree I see that the whole inside Of this tree was hollow had been hollow. Now, I truthfully am not an arborist, so I don't know if it grew that way or if it rotted. I'm assuming it rotted. But the whole inside of this tree was actually hollow. So what looked on one side to be so strong and sturdy was actually a facade. The tree was empty on the inside, and when the wind came, it broke it in half. And it's so cool, because to me, it gave me this picture. Your walk with the Lord without... A prayer life in quiet time without building character in him may look really good to everybody else. But if you don't actually have the character in a one-on-one relationship with him, when something happens in your church or with your friend group, or, I mean, man, like, adulthood's crazy. Something happens in a marriage, something happens in your family when you lose someone you really care about. When the winds of life come, if you don't have that, strong core. It's really easy to get broken in my life. So if I can encourage you tonight, I know this is a simple message, but if you don't have it, or if you feel like, man, I really want to spend some more time with the Lord, do it. Prioritize it. Make a discipline of it. It's not always fun and exciting, but like, I'm going to get up and sit down and talk to God for an hour. Sometimes, and it can be five minutes. Man, this like I read the verse of the day and run out the door. I'm going to spend an hour with the Lord every single day. There's times it's just impossible. I have, you know, I had to sleep in because I didn't have enough sleep or whatever. But there's still always a moment in the morning or more, and it's so, so worth it. So, Father, would you help us build really, really strong um, walks with you? not out of the feeling that we have to do it to be perfect, to earn anything, not out of guilt, that we don't do it enough, or we don't do it the way that other people do it. God, would you lead each and every person in this room tonight into our own rhythm? different, and every set of spouses do life different. I thank you that you are so big and so good that you can be personal with each and every one of us, and that you have a way that each of us can enjoy time with you. So would you stir our hearts to spend time in the secret and the quiet place with you, God? Would you help us still our distracted and busy minds? To lean into your heart. We love you. We bless you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to spend a little bit more time in worship. If you need to balance, totally cool.